0: be of one mind, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Some of you may have heard of Isaac Watts. He was a 17th century Congregationalist minister here in England, best known for his hymn writing several of which endure as favourites and echo around churches the world over. He was also a prolific writer and an able poet too, a remarkable man. One of his works, Divine Songs Attempted in Easy Language for the Use of Children, was a much published textbook of sorts written for the moral improvement of the young and I'm sure our choir this evening have thumbed it through and through. Despite its less than catchy title, one critic describes this little book as what's at his best, pious but lively, preachy but joyful, and it graced the bookshelves of many homes and schoolhouses. One of his poems in divine songs to shorten it is entitled against quarrelling and fighting, and it begins. Let dogs delight to bark and bite, for God hath made them so. Let bears and lions growl and fight, for tis their nature to. But children, you should never let such angry passions rise. Your little hands were never made to tear each other's eyes. I read this the other day, and while it is definitely pious, even simple and sentimental, it rings true. In this age of argument and debate, we have witnessed the steady but progressive challenge to traditionally held views and expressions of power, often those stemming from prejudice and the oppression of others. And this is good and just and impassioned. Injustice cripples the human spirit and diminishes our quality of life. When wrongs are righted, it touches our hearts, affirms our sense of order. Sadly, angry passions are something with which we are well acquainted and are more present and more enduring than even the works of Isaac Watts. The fruit of these angry passions, as Watts describes, are those that lead to the metaphorical tearing of eyes, though sometimes we see this being literally and woefully true as well. Even in this festive season, whose message is peace on earth and goodwill to all, we only need to turn on the news, flick through the newspaper, or refresh our Twitter timelines to behold the storm of opinion, argument and wrath, the crucible of the modern and anxious mind. Twitter is probably the worst for it, actually. Be of one mind, said St Paul in our second lesson. Be of one mind. Whether domestically or internationally, in the decorated chambers of power, or on the dull ordinaries of the park bench, the current state of affairs are experienced amid division and disagreement and fragmentation. Opinions and the heated passions which animate them contaminate all things, from the preacher's pulpit to the politician's podium. We do not see much evidence of a common mind on any matter at present, nor do we see efforts expended on the discovery of a common ground. Things feel more polarized than ever, and all things are called into question. Nothing is trusted to be good until proven so. Nothing is innately valid or legitimate unless examined and analyzed. The dust of history is being blown away to reveal the overlooked. Those who are in darkness, show yourselves, says the prophet in our first lesson. Again, we see the merit in this when it dislodges a stigma or liberates the captive oppressed. But this contemporary mindset, or being woke, as some say, has fashioned an unrelenting purity ethic in us and formed a sanitized creed in which there is no ambiguity, no gray area, no need for more learning. So much so that even the suggestion of further dialogue is to be seen as morally compromised and condemned. A danger in all of this is the attempt To sterilize human history and discredit any achievement, any honored thing that might not match the exacting standards of this new culture. That isn't to say that we should ever excuse wrongdoing or soften the impact of misconduct as a product from another time. But having the correct opinions, using the favored phrases, this is not fighting evil. True activism, true challenge, is not to be found in denying evil ever happened, but in standing up to it and uprooting it here and now. Where there is oppression, where there is bigotry, where there is wickedness, let it be cast out and let it be destroyed. Instead, we seem to occupy ourselves in quarreling, or in jumping on the latest fleeting scandal which goes nowhere because we find it boring, or categorizing each other with hurtful and strange made-up words. We are so quick to fight each other whilst almost entirely remaining unaware of each other at the same time. We never seek to learn why someone is the way they are. We are quick to internalize the difference of others and receive it as an attack upon ourselves. There's a wonderful line in what I believe to be a Netflix original film, The Two Popes, which is a semi-fictitious account of Pope Benedict XVI's renouncing of the papacy and the election of Pope Francis. In one scene, the then Pope Benedict is berating his soon-to-be successor for his divergent views on the state of the church. You have been one of my harshest critics, he says. Your way of life is a criticism. Your shoes are a criticism. We are so easily offended and threatened by difference. Yet be of one mind, says St. Paul. To be of one mind doesn't mean we have to have the same views or opinions, but the manner in which they are exercised and expressed must be agreeable and agreeable to the love which we profess. In this season of Christmas, we celebrate with the joy of the angels. But through the feasts that follow Christmas Day, we also recall the tyranny of evil, the slaughter of the innocent, and the denunciation of truth. Here in this place and in this time, we must learn to begin not with what separates us, what makes us different, but with the common confession of our faith. For to us, a child is born, to us, a son is given. Be of one mind. Indeed, having the same love, continues Saint Paul. All are worthy of this love, of dignity and of redemption, despite all falling short of this. This is our common ground, our common lot, our common condition. This is the foremost thought in our corporate mind. We ought to let this challenge and fashion the way we behave toward one another, the way we speak to one another, the way we disagree with one another. We are not in the business of moral point scoring or cleansing the moral linguistic palate, but together, we are called to build a society in which all can truly flourish without anxiety and without qualification. Or as Isaac Watts puts it in that same poem, let love through all your actions run and all your words be mild. Live like the blessed Virgin's son, that sweet and lovely child. Amen.